Let's pray together. Glorious God of heaven, we hallow your name in our adoration of your perfect being. We worship you for your holiness. We love you for your beauty. We stand in awe of your wisdom. How enriched we are, Lord, by every token of your love. And we're so thankful that again this evening we could open this book and look into your truth. Lord, may what we do this evening please you so that we know it will be a blessing to us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Many of you will know that this Sunday evening during August are going to be somewhat different. I'm glad that you're able to come and share with us. We are going to try to divide our hour into three elements. There will be sung praise, there will be the hearing of God's word, and there will be a time of open prayer. All will be explained as we go through. I'm not proud of it, but I'm not into poetry. The only six words I know of wordless golden daffodils are there on the board, and the rest I don't know. I suppose it's not my bad education, but I wouldn't know an iambic pentameter if I fell over it in the street. Poetry is not something that I've ever really been into. So, when we come to the book of Psalms, I have a challenge, don't I? Because all the Psalms are poetry. And they're not even poetry in English. They are poetry translated from a Mediterranean language, Hebrew, written 3,000 years ago. And that's a considerable challenge because the features of Hebrew poetry are not the same as the features of the English poetry I don't know. <laughs> there are no rhymes, there is not what the experts call the scanning rhythm of classical English poetry, but those of you into modern poetry know that that's all old hat now anyway. But we are facing a challenge whenever we start looking at the Psalms because of their poetic nature. But when properly understood, they can be memorable and valuable to us, which is why we're here tonight. We're looking at Psalm 119, and we're going to read now the two sections from verses 25 to 40. On page 618 in your Bible, if you've got one from the rack. Let me read them from verse 25 to verse 40. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. 
Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me through your law. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, O Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law, and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes, and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant, so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. Preserve my life in your righteousness. Now that's quite a big section, and so it wouldn't be possible for us to look at it all. And I want us to give you a taster of how we want to get something out of the Psalms. One of the commentators I read was looking at one of these verses and said, you know, today we would probably translate it like this. Are you stuck in the mud? Then get stuck into the Bible. Now that's something memorable and something relevant, isn't it? Are you stuck in the mud? Then get stuck into the Bible. Now before we come to the content of the psalm, we must just say a little bit about the shape of the psalm. Some of you were here last week when Jeff introduced this, but some we need to say it again. The psalm is written in what are called acrostic sections. It's not a story, it's not a reflection on creation, it's not an exploration of emotions, it's something which is crafted with care as an aid to memory. These psalms were to be memorized so that they could be sung. They didn't have newfangled things like hymn books, and they certainly didn't have projectors on the wall. If they were going to sing something in their worship, they need to be able to memorize it. And that's why the psalms are written in a form as an aid to memory. By acrostic, we mean that each section begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And each verse in each section begins with that same letter of the alphabet. All oh, that's lost in English translation, uh, I realise that. But uh, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, these 20, 22 consonants, the vowels are something different. And that means that there are eight verses in each section and 176 verses in it all. It's constructed and planned in order to help us to memorise. Now our sections tonight are going to be the two, beginning at 25 and beginning at 33, which are, in the English language, we would say D and H. 25 to 32 will begin with the Hebrew letter Daleth, and five of the eight begin with one particular Hebrew word which begins with that letter. 
it's the word for way or path strangely it's the same word as our English name Derek there's no connection between that but Derek is the name of the way or path and five of those uh, verses begin if you look at verse 26 you'll see there it speaks about my ways and in verse 29 my deceitful ways in verse 30 the way of truth of course the word order is different in Hebrew but the way comes at the beginning of five out of eight of those uh, verses the other section beginning with our English letter H all begin with the letter H because there's a form of the Hebrew verbs which means you cause something to happen and all of these are suggestions to be asking God to cause something to happen look at verse 33 teach me is cause me to learn the next one give me understanding is cause me to understand verse 35 direct me and uh, is uh, cause me to walk so all of these are actually prayers asking God to do something so already we've found out something about what these verses here are for us this is going to be a prayer meeting in a few moments time and here are some examples of how the psalmist and the people of his day prayed to God the kind of things they wanted him to do and pleaded with him to cause them to happen but from that shape stuff we really want to get to the meat of what the psalm is about and of course it's all about God's word those main topics which are there in each of the verses these eight different words are all about God's word word, decrees, precepts, law if you were here last Sunday uh, Jeff opened up the significance of some of those slightly different words but they're all in, in the same category of meaning to avoid the boredom of saying word all the time these are the words they used to help to memorize now that in itself is a lesson for us isn't it because right in the middle of the Bible in something which is the center of their worship they were talking about the Bible they wanted to worship God according to the Bible and no other subject is given such prominence in the Psalms as the Bible and one of the things that Hebrew uh, poetry does show us is that they emphasize by repetition so you've got repetition throughout the whole psalm of the subject of the Bible it's like underlining the importance of the Bible 176 times this is something we ought to be aware of but it's not just the Bible which is the topic here it's how the Bible is linked to our personal experience the writer is deeply engaged with the word of God in his life and the things that are happening to him in his life of these verses we have in front of us 15 of the 16 verses include the personal pronoun start with verse 25 I am laid 26 I recounted 27 let me 
27, 28, my soul, it's I and me and mine, because he's saying, what has this got to do with me? It's not just how important the Bible is, there are many people who can tell you how important the Bible is, but how important it is to me, and how it relates to me, what it has to my experience, that's what the psalmist is trying to teach us, and what he's trying to get home to us. And that's why he's underlining it, because he's saying this is important for the events of our ordinary life. So whenever we read the Bible, whenever we hear the Bible, we should be asking ourselves the question, what has this got to do with me? When you come to church and hear messages, different preachers, different topics, different parts of the Bible, but we should be saying to ourselves, where is the Lord Jesus Christ and what has this got to do with me? Because the psalmist is saying it's the significance of God's word in relation to his own life. So let's move then to the relevance of the psalm to us. The relevance of the psalm to us. I can only pick up one verse to try to open up a little because if we tried to do all of the verses we would be here far too long. I'm going to suggest we look at verse 28 of this psalm which reads My soul is weary with sorrow strengthen me according to your word. The D word in the Hebrew language is translated in our NIV as weary. Weary. Somebody has suggested that perhaps if we wanted to find a D word in our English language to parallel it, we could talk about drooping. And I think we know a bit about drooping, don't we? Well, it's a very significant thing in our Christian life that despite the joy of our forgiveness, despite the radiance of our hope, despite all the blessings that Jesus gives to us, we do become battle-weary. And there are times when we are drooping. Life can be pretty disappointing sometimes, even for God's children. I've been reading in the last few days a missionary biography about a man called Livingstone, but not the Livingstone you think about, a man who became a leader of Christian work amongst the Muslim people. And the early part of his life is full of disappointments and problems, and it's halfway through the book before he really gets into the most important part of his life's ministry. So easily, even Christian people find that struggles are coming to them. It may be the pressure of work, it may be because we find ourselves in some sorrow, as the psalmist does here. It's not only older Christians who feel that perhaps they're drooping and they're weary with sorrow. So what does the psalmist tell us to do then? What is the advice he's giving? We know about the condition, we're familiar with that, so he says, what should we do when we're in this 
condition with our soul weary with sorrow. Well, the second part of the verse tells us that's another feature, of course, of Hebrew poetry. It's all about parallel things and how you begin with one and then you move on to the other. It's why you can often read some of these psalms half a verse at a time. Uh, and it's because he says, because of this, therefore that is so. Because my soul is weary with sorrow, what should I do? He's praying, and he's saying, strengthen me according to your word. He's asking God for strength. Now that's what the Bible always does, isn't it? The New Testament talks about the spiritual battle in Ephesians 6, and it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And that's immediately a lesson for us to notice because so easily we look to ourselves for strength or we look to other people for strength. And now he's saying, no, we must look to God for strength. And part of our being here, part of our wanting to pray, is because we want to ask God to be our strength. But that's not the end of the advice, is it? Because he's bringing in now the whole subject of the scriptures. Strengthen me according to your word. It's the place of the Bible in bringing us God's strength that he wants to emphasize to us. That's why the next section from 33 to 40 is so helpful. Because if you look at that, you see how he breaks up the matter of looking to God according to his word and says, what does it actually mean? Well, in verse 33, he says, I must ask God to teach me, first of all. I don't know what to do. And so God has to teach me what to do. When I'm in this drooping condition, when I'm in this condition of being weary with sorrow, he says, I need to know what to do. And God has to teach me. So when I'm coming to the Bible, I'm not just looking for a verse that hits me between the eyes, I'm looking for something that teaches me about what God wants me to do. Then the next verse says, once I know what he's saying, I need to understand it. We don't all understand the Bible clearly. There are many times we read the Bible and we say to ourselves, what does that mean? When we come here, we should be asking God to, to teach us what his word means. So, we need to know the truth and we need to understand it. But then the next verse is reminding us that we need to want to do it. So he's saying, direct me, turn my heart towards you. You see, you have a, a knowledge of what God is saying, we have the understanding now of what it means, but do I really want to do it? Somebody once said, it's not the bits of the Bible I don't understand the problem it's the bits that I do understand, because we don't want to do them. So he's pleading with God to give him strength so that he might have a desire to do it. Ah, but 37 gives us another piece of advice, doesn't it? It says, you see, the trouble is that we've got all our priorities pressing around us, and there are lots of other things competing for our attention. So he's saying, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. We need the right priorities in order to do what his word says and receive his strength. 
Now, in God's great mercy, the person who wrote this psalm, and I'm not thinking of the Hebrew person who wrote it down first of all, but the Holy Spirit who showed him what to write, is with us now. One of the gifts of God to his children is to have his spirit to do exactly these, these things for us. To explain it, teach us, to understand it, and to give us the motivation, and to give us right priorities. And it's the Holy Spirit who opens all this to us by pointing us to the Lord Jesus. What did I say? The word was in verse 25 almost all about the way isn't the subject the truth doesn't that remind you of a, a verse from the New Testament where Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life the very life we need is the life of Jesus the very life we need when we are drooping when our soul is weary with sorrow is something which comes to us as we find in the word Jesus himself we find all the reminders of his glorious victory at Calvary of the power of his resurrection of the amazement of his ascension to be a king in heaven and his presence with us I am with you all the time the Lord Jesus is the one who gives us his strength according to his word and that's what the psalm is about and that's what our meeting tonight is about so that we might pray for each other and pray for one another ourselves that if these things are going to be our experience during the week we know what the psalm is telling us to do and we know how we can do that because with the precious word of God it points us to the Lord Jesus himself you know the next thing to drooping is breaking off and collapsing it happens to flowers in my garden because I'm not like some people such a good gardener that I'm always giving it water at my time but we needn't be drooping when we have God's word and the prayer to strengthen us according to his word to summarise then let's go back to the very beginning if you don't remember anything else about tonight just remember are you stuck in the mud then get stuck into the Bible and if you think that's modern English when you're at home look up your King James Version and you'll find in verse 31 it talks about getting stuck to God's commands we're going to have a time of open prayer now and even if I don't hear a word you say God hears but I do want to hear what you say and so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this evening before you pray I want you to put your hand up and then Rob will bring you this microphone and then we can all hear what you pray Provided that you put it on your chin and not on your waist. <laughs> We're not going to have any list of things to pray for. You know the matters that are a concern to us as a fellowship. 
There will be some friends who are prepared or ready to pray for one or two matters. But you pray whenever you feel what you want to and you feel God is leading you to. And when I think it's come to an appropriate end, I will say Amen and then we'll sing one song before we leave. Thank you very much. Our Father in Heaven, help us now by your Holy Spirit to pray tonight that your name is holy in all that we pray, in all that we say and all that we ask. And we ask you to hear us, not for our sakes, but for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for the great news of salvation that we have through you. We thank you for the freedom that we have in this country to talk about you and to tell others about you and their need for you. And Lord, we just bring all the many camps that are happening in your name over the summer holidays before you, Lord. We know that many of our own young people have been on camps, many have gone off to the same camps today. And Lord, we just pray that you would give the words to those who are explaining your word, that you'd make them clear, that the young people would have hearts open to listen, to hear of you and to understand your word. We pray, Lord, that you would really be working in the lives of those young people. We know that you've been saved even from the earliest age, and Lord, that's what we long. And Father, we just pray for safety, um, physical safety on these camps, with the many activities that are happening, but also spiritual safety, Lord. We know that the devil doesn't like your word and your name to be proclaimed. So we just pray that these times would be... um, times where your name is first and foremost of the lips of the people they're helping and that your name would be glorified and Father we just pray for the um, young people there, we know that many of them already know you and Lord we pray that you would bless them, encourage them grow them, help them to know you more deeply, that you would use them, even while they're still young, to glorify your name but also we know of many, and we can probably name people in our hearts, Lord, that don't know you yet. Lord, we long that you would break into their hearts. Father, we pray that you would not give them any rest until they found you. And we pray that we would really see you um, at work in these camps. So we just pray, pray for your blessing and for the glory of your name. Loving Heavenly Father, we are very thankful that we can meet in your house tonight. We pray that the Holy Spirit will guide us through this transitional period. We trust and pray there will be an enlightening of the Holy Spirit in the future days. We do pray that you'll be with Neil as he leaves this house in the future. And for Mark, may your Holy Spirit strengthen them and give them the word, the praise and the worship of all and they bring to a glorious God. Father, we thank you for all that you have provided for. Many throughout this world are suffering at the moment. We think of those Christians on the mountains. We think of those Christians being chased. Lord, we thank you that in this house your Holy Spirit is strong, your love is great, and your grace is bountiful. As you hear our prayers, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Our gracious Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that we've had reference to youth to old age. And we thank you that we serve a God who can cope with every eventuality in life. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray for the work of this church amongst the older people. We pray for the contact meeting and all those that are associated with that. That we bring to the older folk the claims of the gospel. They need to respond to you. We pray that your Holy Spirit will bless the work and save many by the preaching of your word in the contact meeting. Now, Father, we do have some concerns. There are people we love in our fellowship who are unwell and have been unwell for so long. Gracious Father, may the God who restores the sight of the blind, may the God who restores the hearing, may the God who raises the dead, may the God who calls the lame to walk be at work for healing in the life of Violet McNeil. Be pleased to touch her even now as we speak with your healing hand. May the, com- the family be comforted by your presence as they see you at work in her life. We thank you, Father, for those in our company who have been through a prolonged illness and have come through the experience have had their prayer life sharpened and their walk is due that much nearer. And so we pray, dear Father, you are blessed. But tonight, those who have these prolonged illnesses, <coughs> gracious Father, you are a good God. You are a God who says to your people, when you go through difficult times, remember this, you are mine. Hear our prayers, dear Father, not for who we are, but for who you are. And may your name be glorified. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is universal. The truth of your word is universal, not just for us here. We thank you for the privilege that we have of being involved in bringing your word to the end of the earth. Thank you that Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. We think of missionaries that have gone from this church to various parts of the world. I want to pray for um, Bethan and Tenugu today. We thank you for those working with them to bring the gospel through medical work. We pray for doctors, nurses who need to bring uh, healing, treatment to show Christ in the way that they live, putting their own lives. at risk to do that, to show the love of Christ. We pray that you will uh, provide for them the equipment, the supplies that they need. We thank you that we can have a part in um, sending money for gloves, for sanitizing, for all that they need. We just pray for your protection on them as they show through their lives and through their words uh, the message of the gospel. We pray that they will be able to share the gospel with patients that they deal with. Thank you for that. Thank you too for um, Alan and all who were able to go to Romania. Thank you for the ties that we have with churches there, for the um, youth clubs, for the children and uh, young people that have come to hear the gospel uh, through these 
camp to to work with the uh, church in Colorado. And thank you for the part that we can have in that with our links with our church. Thank you for um, all that you are doing to bring your truth um, to your world through the uh, work of this church. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We pray that God is not Lord, and we just thank you for all the years of work that she's put in in this church and to people around the village. We thank you for the love she's shown so many and the way she's gone way beyond in so many areas in coming alongside people and trying to meet their needs. So we pray now, Lord, if that she does go, as she does travel north this week, to settle afresh, that you'll go with her. In fact, you, you already have gone before her to prepare a way that she will find a time of rest and a time of peace where she seeks a new house to live in and that your hand will be with her all the time. So we just pray, Lord, your blessing on her this night and as she travels, that she might know that she is with you where she goes as she has been here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Father, as we pray for Dorothy as she sets off into an unknown future, she does know that you're with her. She does know that you're she can put her hand in yours and go forward confidently. And Lord, we ask truth for us as a church fellowship that as we um, are at the beginning, as it were, of unknown things ahead, um, with many changes in these next couple of months, Lord, we do ask that we also would put our hand in yours and trust you each step forward. And I pray especially for Jeff and Hannah as they face uncertainty and yet certainty in knowing that you have been faithful to them these many, many years and that you will be faithful as you take them forward into whatever you have in the next stage. So Lord, would you bless them as they finish, as they uh, tire them, as they let things go. Lord, that they will be able to walk forward confidently and joyfully too into all that you have for them. And again we pray for, for Neil and for Mark, perhaps especially for Mark, Lord, as he begins work um, with us tomorrow. And we want you to be honoured and glorified in all that we do as a fellowship. Lord, would you be lifted high. Thank you so much for your word. Mm. Thank you for the stability of it in the uncertainties that, that lie ahead for all of us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the wonderful words of this psalm. And I thank you for the reminder that the people of old would have learned this psalm, that these words would have been written on their hearts and on their minds. And I pray that for us tonight, that by your spirit you would write the wonderful truths of this psalm into each of our hearts and minds. That these wouldn't be words that we hear read and explain and then leave here. But they'd be words that become real to us and meaningful to us, words that we take into our weeks, words that we use as we seek to serve in our families and in our places of work with all the different responsibilities we have as we seek to win more people for your kingdom too. And I pray, Father, that these words would not be idle words, but they would continually change us. So by your spirit, help us to make it a real priority this week to 
meditate on them, to think them through, to take great joy in speaking of them at home, of praying about these truths, and would you allow them to become real to us? I pray that these will be the truths that we cling to through times of uncertainty and change, but also truths we cling to in times of joy and happiness. But we pray that your word is faithful, because you are a faithful God who speaks. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word that is so powerful and yet so precious. And we pray that this week and the weeks ahead you will give us a hunger and thirst to know you and to know your word more. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, may any of us who tonight are weary with sorrow, or this week face such experiences, may we be strengthened according to your word. We pray that you'll receive all of our worship brought tonight in the name of Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. Amen. Amen. Amen.